What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Brand new season means a brand new cast for the Impact 89 FM's only podcast covering MSU baseball, The Warning Track. I'm Zach Sedanik, your host. Today, joined by just one of our co-hosts throughout this season, Michael Markoch. And Michael, why don't we start by just kind of giving a little bit of an intro to ourselves so that way they can get to know us on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm Michael. I'm a sophomore here at Michigan State. Uh, this will be my first year's baseball beat. And honestly, I'll tell you guys right from the jump, I, I don't follow a lot of college baseball. This is going to be my first year where I'm really like, you know, heavy tracking it, but I'm really excited. I love baseball and I'm looking forward to a great year covering. Yeah, I'm Zach. I'm a freshman. My first year on the baseball beat, obviously. Um, I've been a big MSU baseball guy growing up about 10 minutes from East Lansing. I've seen some games in McLean, beautiful stadium, super excited to get out there this year and get things going. And with that, we can kind of jump into this. First, I kind of want to talk about this new schedule format and I'll kind of go through it a little bit. And then Michael, you can kind of explain what you think the effects on it might be on the team. So normally it's a 56 game schedule for these teams. Only 44 games are going to be played for the big 10 teams. And they're going to be only conference games. No midweek games, only four, three to four games on a weekend against these teams. And there's this other new wrinkle called pod play weekends, where the first one for Michigan State takes place in Ann Arbor in a couple of weeks. And it's three teams all go to one stadium and one campus, and they will each play each other twice. So it'll be a total of four games per team that weekend at that place. And that, among other effects, no Big Ten tournament. So the regular season champion will get the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. A lot of changes here. Michael, what effect do you think that's going to have on the team and on the season at whole? You know, I, I don't really know if it – I don't – I'm not really going to say it's going to do that much. I think the non-conference games are really good when you start getting into, you know, the actual NCAA tournament, when you can start seeing some, like some of the styles out of other conferences and out of other teams. But with the season, you're playing 44 games in your conference. You know, you're going to know every team probably very well. They're going to know you very well. It's really going to, I think it's really going to help decide, you know, the best team and, you know, Michigan state projected to finish in the bottom half of the league this year, but you know, they have, now they'll have more of an opportunity to, you know, prove those early season predictions wrong. And, you know, we can see if they can climb up that ladder. That's going to be something to watch. Michigan State returns most of their team from last year. They were nine and six in the non-conference before the season was halted due to COVID-19. They have pretty much everybody back led by ACE on the mound who would have been drafted if not for the shortened five-round MLB draft, was just on that edge. Mason Erla, he's going to be a big piece for the Spartans this year. What do they need to do around Erla to try and get that going? Because when Erla was on the mound, they did really well. But when he's not, where, where do they need to focus on this offseason and getting things better going into this next season? I mean, the easy thing would be to look at is averages. Um, I mean, you look at this team right now and they have, you know, last season they had two 400 hitters in the shortened season. Then they had a 300 hitter. Then everyone else was hitting, you know, kind of iffy. I mean, it was like we had, you know, uh, Zabe Walker at 267, Zach Iverson at 231, Jack Frank at 209. Like 
the the average like the best way to support a really good pitcher is to put runs on the board before he even steps up steps on the mound. If he doesn't get the run support, he's not going to win the games that you want him to win because he he can do his job of limiting the other the other lineups run production. But if you don't produce runs yourself, you're not going to win any games. We see it a lot in the major leagues, and we're going to see it a lot in college. So if Michigan State can't hit this season, um, but they added they added some pieces, so hopefully you know those averages will go up and we'll see a lot more runs scored. But um, that that's definitely the key to getting wins without him on the mound. You mentioned a lot of a couple of new pieces coming in for Michigan State, two potential new starters as true freshmen on the infield for the Spartans. First at the shortstop position, Mitch Jeb, a shortstop that in the fall hit over 450. Coach Boss told D1 Baseball in an interview that he was hitting over 450 had about 50 at-bats and just two strikeouts on the fall. And then a couple of potential first basemen, Sam Bush, a 6'4", 210-pound kid from East Lansing, known as the more athletic of the two. And Gavin Vradenberg is the other potential first baseman starter for the Spartans. But both of those guys and Jeb, they're all going to give a little bit of youth to this Michigan State team that's seeking its first college or NCAA tournament burst since 2011. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a team that, you know, definitely has had their struggles. They, you know, they haven't really been to the tournament in a long, long time, and they're going to be relying on a lot of young players to get them there. Um, so, it, you know, this year is, I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of growing pains this season. You know, we always hope for great things. We always hope for, you know, the team to, you know, always go win a national championship or whatever it is. But, you know, sometimes we have to keep reality in check. It's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a growing year. You got to take these young players and you got to get them primed. You know, these seniors came back because of the shortened season last year. They wanted to have one more crack at it and they have it, but you know, that that's one season. And then, you know, seniors are still seniors. So they still move on at the end of the year. And so you got to get the young guys ready to take over and, you know, lead the way and, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's something that's going to be interesting to watch this rotation and how it rounds out around Erla is going to be another big factor for the Spartans. Jarrett Olson, Sam Ben Scooter, and Jesse Heikinen were the three starters last year that kind of rounded out the rotation. Those three guys are all back, but you also add in transfers coming in from the Juco level, Burrell Jones, a kid from nearby Holt high school that I actually played against in high school he is a strong-armed kid coming out of junior college trans or junior college power. Wabash Valley pitched uh, both of the last two summers in the Northwoods League with the Battle Creek Bombers and was lights out there this summer. And he's a guy that could compete for a rotation spot for the Spartans, as well as transfer Jackson Bennett, who was a bullpen guy at Kirkwood Community College, but he could potentially come in and try and find some minutes as well or some spots as well in the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, those are two great names um, coming in, you know, baseball, like baseball is one of the sports where like those Juco transfers are like really, really important. And those two could really help Michigan state kind of round out that rotation around Erla um, because, you know, you see this at all levels. I mean, you can have one ace if you have no one else behind him, you're going to struggle because, you know, basically that means, you know, you know, you can win, one out of every, you know, three to five nights, maybe. But if you have other, if you have other strong pitchers on the mound, 
and those two are, you know, they're they should be pretty good, and we'll see if they uh, we'll see if they pan out. All right, we can kind of go into this. A player to watch this season for us. I know you were looking at the stats and looking at things. You saw they had two 400 hitters last season. Who's going to be that breakout player this year and that guy to watch going forward for the Spartans? Well, I mean, I'm going to actually go with one of the freshmen. And I, I mean, I believe we talked about it. You said that too, but one of the ones at first base, Sam Bush. Um, you look at his, you look at his high school, his last year. I mean, 45 games played. He at 389. His on-base percentage was over 500. 51 hits and 46 RBIs. I mean, that's he's averaging over a hit a game. I mean, and of course that's at the high school level. But you know, that's a lot of production in one season at you know at a high school level like that. So I think he could really step in if he can get the first base job. If he can get some first base reps, I think he could be really a a key piece for the Spartans down the line for quite a few years. Sam Bush, a local kid from East Lansing, Michigan. I've got a couple different guys to watch for the Spartans. I'll mention Mitch Jeb again at the shortstop position. That's such a vital position for your baseball team. But I think that I'm going to go up the middle. I've got behind the plate, Adam Proctor is going to really need to step into his offensive abilities a little bit more. Such a great hitter. Led the team in 2019 with nine home runs. Just needs to continue to progress and really start to step even more into that potential. And then I want to go into the outfield as well. Peter on and Bryce Kelly, Peter on played a lot of first base last season going to be transitioning to center field. That's something to watch for the Spartans defensively hit 339 with slugging over 500 for the Spartans in the shortened season. And Bryce Kelly can absolutely fly when he gets on the bases already holds the record for most steals in a season by a Michigan state player and is just a few away from setting the career record as well. And that's going to be something to watch from those guys going into this season. And as they get going, coach Jake boss, really going to need that leadership from those players that have been there, done that. Well, I mean, you just, you just named two of the captains as, you know, two of your players to watch and Bryce Kelly and Adam Proctor. And, you know, so it's not only them stepping up their production on the field, but off of it and their leadership abilities. Again, like we mentioned, this is a young team. This is going to be a growing year, but you know what? We can lay a good foundation for years to come. All right. We'll move into previewing our series with Maryland this weekend, the Spartans in action for the first time in 2021. It's going to be almost a year, one week away from being a year away from the diamond for the Spartans back in action conference matchup with Maryland at floor field in Greenville, South Carolina. What does Maryland bring that Michigan state's really going to have to figure out how to play well against if they want to pick up a couple wins and maybe even pick up a series win in the first series of the year? Well, from what my research told me about Maryland, at least coming into this season, Maryland has a really, really, really good pitching staff. So hitting balls will be very, very important. They're led by Sean Burke, who was 2-0 with a 199 ERA last season. They also have Sam Bellow, Nick Dean, Connor Stain, and they just they just keep throwing. They're all right-handers. They just throw them all out there at you, you know, day after day after day. You know, Maryland's one of the best pitching staffs in the entire Big Ten. Um, and then offensively, they have veteran veteran hitters, Randy Bednar, 387 last season, Maxwell Costas, 432 last season and four home runs in the shortened season. 
and then a couple really speedy outfielders that can get on base and cause havoc on the bases. Uh, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really good challenge for Michigan State to open up the season, and you know we'll see how it goes. I definitely agree. Maryland sitting projected to finish third in the Big Ten according to D1 Baseball, and you mentioned all those players. If you look at D1 Baseball's top prospects for the next couple of years from the Big Ten in terms of draft, it is littered with Maryland Terrapins. You've got Sean Burke, the sixth best prospect in the Big Ten for the 2021 draft, who you mentioned. Maxwell Costas is in that top 10. All of the other pitchers that you mentioned are in those top prospects for the 2022 draft. Connor Stain is the number two in that. And outfielder Bobby Zmarslak, who you mentioned as one of their speedy outfielders, listed as the number one top prospect for 2022 out of the Big Ten. They are just loaded with a lot of really good players. And they add another right-handed pitcher that's a first-year freshman listed as the number two impact first-year freshman in Jason Savakul. That's going to be a loaded pitching staff. And it's going to be a test for a Michigan State offense that, as you kind of pointed out, didn't really go that deep last season. And they're going to need to quickly change that this weekend. Spartans in action Friday night at 6.30 against Maryland. They have a doubleheader on Saturday and a single game on Sunday. So three or so four games in three days. And that's kind of going to be the way that that goes. How different is that from having those two to three game series and then the midweek series or, and then the midweek game when you have to prepare for four every single weekend. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's different when you're taking out that midweek game. I think preparing for four games on the weekends a little bit different, you know, especially for pitching staff, you can be able to get them kind of back in order because they only really have to pitch about once a week, at least for your starters. But I think it, it, it's going to throw a rhythm off. You know, baseball is a game that is uh, teams are used to playing every day. And, you know, in, I know in college it's a little bit different. They don't always do that. But, I mean, you know, I – at the end, at the end of the day, they're baseball players, and you know, four games in three days, it's going to be challenging at times. But since we're eliminating that midweek game, it's going to give them more time to you know recover, progress, get ready for you know a full weekend of baseball like we're going to see this weekend. I think the biggest difference it's going to make is in the rotation. Um, you have to, you can't just have your weekend guys. We have the Friday starter Saturday starter Sunday starter where it's a three-man rotation and then you can throw out whoever for the midweek game because it's non-conference it doesn't matter you don't have that anymore you've got four games and they all matter in conference you can't have that midweek game to get another guy some starting experience in a game that doesn't really have as big of an effect every game matters especially in this season with no conference tournament that incentivizes winning these conference games so much more than ever before if you're trying to get in, especially due to the fact that the Big Ten doesn't have the best baseball reputation. It's not the worst, but it's nowhere near the reputation of those teams down south in the Big 12 and the SEC and even those coastal ACC teams. So the Big Ten is going to have to really impress if they want to get teams in with at large bids in this NCAA tournament where they're playing no non-conference games. Yeah, I mean, you you hit it right on the nose, especially with the pitching staff. I mean, it pitching is everything in baseball pitching wins you games pitching wins you championships and you know Michigan State's gonna have to find a way to balance that better against I mean you just look at Maryland but I mean Michigan ranked as the number one team in the conference coming into the season Michigan has loaded on you know both sides of the baseball so I mean I think the Big Ten definitely has some really good teams like up in the upper the upper tiers of their standing like Michigan and like Maryland but 
it's trying to get those, you know, mid to low tier teams like Michigan State into the field when they really haven't been able to do that in recent years. And, you know, the field's only so big and it, you know, it's going to take it. I mean, yeah, I mean, teams like Michigan State are going to have to beat the big dogs in order to get into the tournament or else they're not really going to stay at camp. Big 10 projected to get four teams into the tournament as of right now. Maryland, one of them, Michigan, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio State, the four teams from the Big Ten that are projected to get in as of the beginning of the season. But it's going to be an uphill climb for Michigan State the whole way. But they're playing with house money. They don't really have anything to lose. They're not expected to do that great. Projected to finish 10th and 11th in the Big Ten by Baseball America and D1 Baseball, respectively. So that's going to be something to watch. Michael, give us a prediction for the weekend and – how many games do you think Michigan State can take from Maryland? Oh, man. I mean, first game of the season, it definitely looks like a bit of a talent mismatch, especially with Maryland's pitching. But, you know, I think I'm gonna, I'll give Michigan State a game. I think I think they might get a game. I, like, I'd say one and three this weekend. Um, Prediction-wise, I couldn't probably tell you which one they're going to get. I just – baseball's a very hard game to win four games in a row when you're playing, like, that many games and that many um, days. So I would say I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll say Michigan state goes one and three this weekend. I think they'll take one from the Terrapin. I think Michigan state's going to start off a season kind of getting into my bold prediction in a minute where they have a better season than expected. And I think they're going to start that off by splitting this series with Maryland this weekend, going two and two before a big series in terms of wanting to move up, they need to take advantage of playing Northwestern next weekend. But for this weekend, I think they're going to split the series. And I think they're going to kind of shut down projected big 10 player of the year, Maxwell Costas from Maryland. I think they're going to kind of slow him down a little bit, being able to throw Mason Erla, a couple of those guys out of that bullpen, including two way player for Michigan state or two sport player, Adam Berghorst, who plays D line for the football team and is also a reliever was off to a red hot start to the shortened season last year with an ERA sub two and picking up a save. I think that they're going to be able to pull out a series split this weekend. Now going into, we're going to make one or two, just a couple bold predictions before we sign off on this episode. That's been a little shorter because we've only got the two of us here. We'll have a combination of the two of us, Owen owes us, Dayton Jones and Liam Jackson on the pod throughout the season, but kind of going into this season, what's one bold prediction for this Michigan state team? Um, I mean, man, so I, it's really tough to make it when we, we haven't even really seen the team play in about a year. What I will say, I think I agree with you. I think that they're ranked a little bit low. I think this team could definitely, you know, get up in the standings a little bit. I'll say my bold prediction, they'll finish top six in the Big Ten. Ah, I was going to say they're, that's where I'm going to. I think that Michigan State's going to finish. I don't know if they'll get top six, but I think they'll get top seven. I think they'll get top half of the Big Ten. 13 teams in the Big Ten, no Wisconsin in the Big Ten baseball. But I think that Michigan State, they've got a good mix of youth and experience, and they're well-coached by Jake Boss. I think that this team is going to be able to sneak its way up into the top half of the Big Ten. I don't know that they're going to be able to push themselves to get into the tournament per se, but I think that with the talent they have on both sides of the ball 
and both sides of the diamond, I think that they're going to be able to sneak in to that top half of the Big Ten. And that would be that would be huge. I mean, especially coming off the seasons that they've been having. Michigan State's been struggling. Their last full season in 2019, they went 20 and 34. It was not a good season for the Spartans. But um, I mean, if you if they were able to make that sort of a leap and kind of put out the stepping stones for the future by getting in, you know, to the top half of the Big Ten, that would that would be great. I think it's going to be big down the stretch for Michigan State as well. They're a team that in recent years has started off really strong and then kind of faded down the stretch. But their schedule is going to not really allow them to have any spot where they can just start off by playing teams that aren't as good because you've got a loaded Big Ten schedule all the way through. I mean, there's nothing in the Big Ten. There's a couple teams that you're going to be able to take care of, but it's not like it's a cupcake anywhere. No, and, and the fact is teams are probably looking at Michigan State as one of those teams that they think that they can handle, especially the top-tier teams like Michigan and Maryland and Indiana and teams like that. They're probably looking at Michigan State as one of the teams that they want to handle this year. And so, and you know, at, we think very, very highly of Michigan State this year, and there's, you know, I, I've seen other rankings where, you know, they're kind of that sneaky team. No one really knows where to rank Michigan State. They could be, you know, near the bottom. They could be, as we said, in the top half. So I think there, there's never an easy way. It's always a grind. Um, this year, more than ever, it's going to be a grind. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle. That's where I think it's going to be so important for them to finish down the stretch because they've got a lot of games against the top half. The month of May for Michigan State, their final four series is they play, they host the, project, the preseason Big Ten champs and the defending Big Ten champions and college world series runner up the Michigan Wolverines in East Lansing. And then they go to Columbus to take on Ohio state and then to Rutgers. And then they host Iowa to finish off the season. Rutgers and Iowa is a stretch to finish the season. Iowa projected to finish top five in the big 10 Rutgers projected to finish towards the bottom of the big 10 and Ohio state's up there with Iowa as well. That's a stretch that you're going to want to, finish strong against if you're Michigan State the starts in the end of the schedule is where they really need to get off to a good start they play Maryland this weekend and then they get Northwestern before a pod play weekend with Illinois and Michigan and so it's going to be a crucial thing for Michigan State to get off to a good start and to finish strong yep yep I mean yeah I mean it's we always see a lot of teams they always they either start they always start fast and fade later don't come out early and then get really hot late. And neither one of those is a recipe for success. It's about consistency. If you're going to hit a slump, you want it to be kind of in that middle of the season where you can turn it back on and then finish strong. Well, and especially in this kind of year where getting hot late doesn't really do you much because there's no Big Ten tournament. Exactly. So you can't just get hot and then turn it on and win the Big Ten tournament and get into the tournament, NCAA tournament. So you have to be able to be consistent throughout this entire season. And that's something to watch going forward. We'll be back with you guys next week on the warning track, hopefully with more of our cast here with us. But for my co-host, Michael Markoch, I'm Zach Sudenik. Thanks for listening. This is the Warning Track Podcast on Impact 89 FM.